This is Henry McCarthy of Poets and Writers, WEHC 90.7, coming to you from the beautiful Emory and Henry College campus. And I'm on the road today. I'm down here in Asheville, North Carolina, and I'm at a cemetery, the famous Riverside Cemetery, just walking around early morning and having a wonderful time visiting Thomas Wolfe's grave and old Henry and talking to folks who come out at this time of day to uh, actually visit Thomas Wolfe's grave. And so I have two college professors here with me and actually I don't like to label people with their job role, but I, as we like to ask around the mountain, who am I talking to and where are you from? I'm Andy Mickley and I'm, we're living in uh, Spartanburg, South Carolina right now. Absolutely, peach country down there, Andy, right? We love peaches, for All right. sure. And, not far from the Peachoid, the uh, Gaffney Peach Monument, if you're familiar with that. No, I'm not. What is the Gaffney Peach Monument? <laughs> well, as you drive down the highway, you see on the right this big water tower that looks like a peach. They've painted to look like a peach in Gaffney. Okay, okay. I think <laughs> it's, I'm, it's I, a must-see. <laughs> all right, well, I'm, I'm, kind of think I've passed by it. And your lovely <laughs> wife here is? I, I'm Jackie Mickley. I'm a retired nurse. And we are both originally from the Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania area. And you guys met in the third grade, right? Third grade playground, playing baseball. Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. Well, we're having a lovely conversation here in the Riverside, famous Riverside Historic Cemetery in Asheville, North Carolina. And, and again, it's Andy and... Jackie. And Andy and Jackie. And we're standing in front of Thomas Wolfe's grave and viewing his family, uh, many of his family members are buried right around him. I was just telling them about the green bench over here that Fred, I think Fred died, his brother who was Luke and Luke Homeward Angel, I think he died in 1980 and he and his wife are buried here, Fred and Mary, and there's a green metal bench that you can sit on, which I sit from time to time. Mm -hmm. And one time I was sitting here and Andy and Jackie, right? Mm -hmm. And I looked down across the way here by the tombstones and I saw this big bear come by. Actually, I saw a cub and the cub came by and I was not worried about the cub at all. But then in about three minutes, guess what? Mama bear came by. Well, I was on my bike and I luckily, I think I could have outrun it, but I'm not sure. I jumped on my bike and took off. So we're talking about Thomas Wolfe and we're talking to Andy and Jackie from Spartanburg, South Carolina. And I'm giving folks on Poets and Writers today, I want to talk with you a little bit more about this cemetery because this is where O. Henry is buried also. Mm -hmm. And it's also where I'll be buried and uh, I'm just on the back side of it. And I think I'll print up a little sign so people will think I'm famous, you know, with an era, mm -hmm. you know, and they'll well, say- Well, there's well, a pauper section down there. Well, there you <laughs> well, they, that's probably where my wife will put me. But uh, we're also looking here, we've got a number of uh, tombstones, you say, of Thomas Wolfe's family here in the Riverside Cemetery. And you also have Mabel. You have Fred and Mary. You have Mabel. And then you have his mother, Julia Wolfe, and the father. And Julia, it says that she had five sons and three daughters. And Thomas Wolfe, of course, is a beloved American author. And October 3rd, 1900, and September 15th, does that say Andy 1938, right? right? That's what it says. The last voyage, the longest, the best. 
very beautiful quote on a very beautiful day in here in Riverside Cemetery. Now I want to ask you folks, how did you happen to get interested in Thomas Wolfe? Andy, you told me that you... Well, I just read Look Homeward Angel as a, as a young man growing up and it was uh, kind of a meaningful read for me. Um, and we've come back to Asheville a few times. We Actually, this is the first time we've visited his, his grave, but um, I mean, he's kind of a famous son of Asheville. And well, what, what was it about the book that you liked, or, or did you like the book? I liked the book. Yes. To be honest, I'm not sure I finished the book. Right, absolutely. <laughs> I enjoyed the book, what yes. I read of it, but uh, as a young teenager, I'm not sure I finished it, but it, it spoke to me um, uh, kind of on an emotional level. Yes, and Andy, I was laughing about that because I don't read Thomas Wolfe as a novel. I read him as poetry, and mm -hmm. I read the spiritual aspect. And many teenagers, really a number of my friends read Wolfe growing up. I don't think I did. Of course, I was more into J.D. Salinger and Catcher mm -hmm. in the Rye and those books. But uh, they read him for the emotional value. And Wolfe, if you read Wolfe for the novel as if you're reading Hemingway, I think that's a mistake. Mm -hmm. I can open Wolf to almost any page and pull out the poetry. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things, reasons I read him for. And I actually have to share this with Jackie and uh, Andy, Andy. Uh, from Spartanburg, South Carolina today, because Patty and I came to this cemetery. We got married in 1965 and we drove over from East Tennessee State and we spent the night and we got up the next morning and we went to the Thomas Wolfe house uh -huh. and Fred was there. And you know, we Fred were young and so we mm. didn't really spend a lot of time with him. And Fred just was rather laconic walking around the house with a sweater on and he said, do you have any questions? And I remember huh. asking him about the size of Thomas Wolfe's shoes. <laughs> and, and Fred got a kick out of that. Lo and behold, I should have been asking more in-depth questions, <laughs> right? You're a psychology professor, <laughs> yeah, right, Andy? Yeah. And Jackie, you're into nursing, correct? I am, yeah. And what kind of nursing did you do? Well, um, my husband was active duty military, so we moved all over the country. So I've done everything from intensive care nursing to hospice. My goodness. Depending on where I was. <laughs> well, did you read Wolf growing up? I did not. He, Thomas Wolf is new to me, and so I'm going to get it from the library when I go home. So, Andy, well, and also, you know, if you go downtown, I don't know. Did you folks come in last night, or you've been here a couple of we've days? We've been here a couple of days, but we visited before. Did you and come? we've been to the Wolf House. Okay, so yeah. you've been downtown. Yeah. Well, listeners out there around the valley, you've got to come to Asheville. And when you do, you need to go to the Thomas Wolf House. And then mm -hmm. now, I guess they call it a museum. I've yeah. actually had the curator or director on my show. And we were talking about this cemetery, Riverside, here, and how many diverse people are buried in it. Mm -hmm. And also, I was just telling Andy and Jackie uh, that if you go to the right here and you go right down across that uh, little ridge there, you will come to about 200 different people. Uh, well, I would say in that section, probably 75, but there are about 200 different people buried here that Wolf wrote about. Now, of course, Wolf claimed that it was all fiction, mm -hmm. but the people readily identified and as you know he also didn't come home for seven years you know that story because he really right. when the book came out it was quite controversial right 
But if you cross over and you go down in that area, you will see many of the people who were featured in this book. And I was telling about the school teacher that he fell in love with when he was, I think he was 13 or 14, because he went to Chapel Hill when he was 15. And so he really loved his school teacher. Her husband, when he wrote the book, and of course he changed the names, he didn't present him in a positive way that she thought he should have. So his school teacher, who was a great mentor of his, fell out with him, and I don't think she spoke to him for about seven years. But the good news is that he came back to this area. He stopped off and got off the bus in Burnsville and called Fred to see if it was safe to come home. <laughs> and he came home and of course they started embracing him. And Mabel, Mabel is buried right over here. You see her, um, you see her tombstone here. And he was very fond of Mabel. And if you will notice on these markers, they will talk about how he referred to them in his books. So he, uh, Wolf's mother was a mountain woman, and his father was from Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. His father was a stonecutter, as you know, and his father loved to quote Shakespeare. He loved to quote, uh, he was actually an actor at heart more than he was a stonecutter. So, have you, so this is your first time here in the cemetery. Right. Yeah. Um, and now I'm wondering, given your knowledge about uh, these folks, any idea why someone would leave a, a porcelain swan on Mabel's gravesite there? This is so interesting, folks. Again, out there in Radio Land, we have different markers people will leave. Now, if you look at Wolfscrape, you will see some flowers. And is that a poinsettia there, Jackie? It looks like a poinsettia. Okay. And then you will also see pencils. They will leave pencils and pens. The swan I just noticed. I don't. I don't know what that's for. Do you have any guess at all? I don't. Well, it looks like it, the swan's head looks like it's the handle of a teacup. So I'm wondering if it really is the teacup that is important. But that would be an interesting thing to find out. Well, now you have not visited O. Henry's grave either. Well, correct? actually, yesterday morning I came up here, and now we're coming up here together, and okay. I didn't. I did go to Henry's grave, and I noticed all the coins exactly. on that grave. And that's from, I believe, the Gift of the Magi. It's from one of his short stories, and mm -hmm. that is symbolic. So everyone leaves coins on O. Henry's mm -hmm. graves. You know, O. Henry was from Greensboro, North Carolina. And the reason he's buried here, he, didn't, he spent probably a year or two, I think I'm being correct, in the time he spent here in Asheville. And that's because he had had a young playmate when he was in elementary school and they played together and then he got in touch with her in later years and she was living here either in Weaverville or in Asheville and so when he passed away she had him buried here and that's how old Henry came to be here of course he went out in Texas and he got in trouble with the law but uh, the story goes that she did not like to have a marker for old Henry and you see the marker so the staff here would take it down. They, they would put it up, and when they knew she was coming to visit, they would run and take it down so mm -hmm. there was not an arrow pointing to his grave. For some reason, she objected to that. Well, any questions? Do, do you want to... I, I want to just mention uh, one thing here, uh, particularly both of these folks are college professors, uh, Aunt Jackie and Andy, and I wanted to just ask them a little bit about their lives. So how did you guys meet? 
Well, as Jackie said, we met as little children on the playground, and then we ended up going to high school together, and um, we didn't get married till after college, which was um, 1970. So you met on the playground? Yeah. So you've known each other for many, many years? Yeah. Yeah. About how many many years have you known each other? Well, we've been married 50. So. We, yeah, we just celebrated our 50th anniversary in 2020. It's quite subdued because of the pandemic, but um, I'd say we knew each other for about 60, 65 years. 65 yeah. years, and you now live in Spartanburg. Right. We do. And you, you both taught at the, the university there or college there? You... No, I taught at Kent State. Kent State, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and you taught nursing. I taught nursing. Yeah. Kent State has a good nursing program. There's a little plug, but they have a good nursing program. I taught there. And yeah. your specialty was? Um, I just had the the young kids who were just starting out, first time in the hospital, tried to keep them from killing anybody. <laughs> all right, all right. And Andy, your area is psychology. Psychology and neuroscience and um when I was in the Air Force, I taught at the Air Force Academy and the Uniformed Services of the Health Sciences, the medical school for military folks. And um, after I retired, I taught at Baldwin-Wallace University mm-hmm. for uh, a little over 20 years. And um, after I sort of retired, we moved to Spartanburg to be closer to our daughter. So I'm doing a little teaching at Wofford all right, and what's your daughter do? Down well, my daughter, interestingly enough, she's a psychology and neuroscience professor at Wofford. At Wofford? Oh, yes, yeah. and all of us, we're coming to you from the beautiful Emory and Henry College campus, but we all know Wofford College as well. We certainly do, and we've yeah. had some professors who actually taught there, okay. and we've actually had students who've done graduate work at Wofford. So I, I don't know mm-hmm. if you're familiar with Southwest Virginia, but we're located in Emory, Virginia, and that's near Abingdon, Virginia. Okay. So, well, I went to graduate school at the University of Virginia, so we're somewhat familiar. Charlottesville. Yeah. Charlottesville. Well, my goodness. Well, we're just having a wonderful time here in the Riverside Cemetery. You know, uh, my I was talking with my great producer, Ivy Shepard, last night, and we were talking about how much we love graveyards. You know, and some people have a problem with that. They really do. But I see that I feel like that I'm being greeted by their spirits when I come here. Mm-hmm. And so I find it a very, very tranquil place to come. And you'll hear sirens in the background today. And gradually, uh, you know, this cemetery was here before Wolf was here. And there's a, quite a story about it. And Joshua Darty, I've had Joshua on my show. And Joshua, if you go down and you go just down this road there, run this little curve, folks, you will run into Joshua Darty's office. And Joshua has been on my show, and he is the real knowledgeable person. I've already checked his office, and he's not in today. Mm-hmm. But he is the keeper of this park, and this is, of course, in a, a National Historic Site. And um, really, there are many other individuals who are buried here, very famous individuals. And there's also the lady that one time owned the Hope Diamond. There's a story about her and the curse on it. But a number of people on the Hope Diamond, but there's her story, and, well, actually, she's deceased, and some folks said the Hope Diamond might have had something to do right. with that. I think got a curse. She, yeah. she was married to a senator. So, so yeah. may I ask you a question? Sure. So we got this little brochure about the Riverside Cemetery, and it's a walking tour, and they list 
Uh, 76 sites okay. in this cemetery. Right. And the number one site is Thomas Wolfe. All right. Number two site is W.S. Porter, O. Henry. Mm-hmm. And I'm just wondering, you as a knowledgeable person about cemeteries, <laughs> why did they list this particular order? It's not in alphabetical order. It's not in, I don't think, chronological order of death. Do you think this is an order of interest? Andy, it may be only only a person in psychology and what is it, neuroscience? Neuroscience, yeah. And, and I did want to get back and ask you briefly about psychology and neuroscience, and you're specialty with that. But to answer your question, I have no idea why they did that. But this is uh, these, and also the individuals that they have selected. Now there is. Uh, there is some. Um, there are all sorts of stories about German soldiers. There are German soldiers buried here. Uh, there was a lady who was a nurse. Uh, she was, I think, a slave, and then she was. A, she became a nurse, and also the founder, uh, the Woodfins, who founded uh, basically the Woodfins. Who there's Woodfin, the town of Woodfin, and then they also founded the hospital here. And if you go back over that way. Uh, the Woodfins are buried uh, in that direction over there, and they also, um, Thomas Wolfe, I believe, was born down near the YMCA, which is now the YMCA, and uh, he was born on Woodfin Street. I see. And so that's a, a little bit of the historical knowledge there, but you'll see Zeb Vance and uh, a lot of uh, different, uh, who, who else is listed there? Well, here's an interesting thing, just based on the order, as Jackie was pointing out, Number 62 is W.O. and Julia Wolf. Now, why wouldn't they put that near Thomas Wolf? They put I'd, them together. Yeah, yes. and I'm thinking, I'm thinking this might be some sort of sociological rank ordering. <laughs> Interesting. Although Interesting number 37 is German POWs. Right, yes. Yes, and, then, and there's some great stories, and there's a great book uh, by a friend of mine, uh, Roberts, an author by the name of Roberts who has written a great book on the story of the German soldiers who were captured off a ship and they were actually musicians. Oh. And one of them fell in love with the local lady and so on because they would perform every Sunday. So they were, shall we say, nice prisoners of war and mm -hmm. so they would uh, you know, have the band on Sundays and so on. But that was also in 1917 in which that great pandemic came along, as you sure. know. And also getting back to the pandemic over here buried right behind this, it, Wolf has a beautiful story about his brother Ben who died during the pandemic. And Ben is also buried in this section as well. So as we move along here today on the show, and I'm gonna actually, listeners, I'm gonna read some Thomas Wolf today and then we're gonna play some music and Ivy Shepard is gonna talk a little bit more about Thomas Wolf because her mother is a great fan of Thomas Wolf. So any closing comments, and I wanna be sure and get your names right again today. Andy Mickley. And Jackie Mickley. Who met on a school playground in Pennsylvania. That's right. right. That's All right. right. Well, any closing comments about visiting with us today here in the Riverside Cemetery? Well, we're just delighted that we ran into you. What a, what a wonderful way to end our little vacation in Asheville. We wish you the best. And say the name of your program one more time Poets for and us. Writers, WEHC 90.7. We, we write poems in our hearts every day, but we're often afraid to share them. We're also archived at the University of North Carolina, 
And we actually have probably, we're also listened to and streamed all over the world these days. We started out very small after I retired from Appalachian State. But thank you for asking me that question. And we definitely will get you a copy of this once we run the show. Closing okay. comments here, Andy. Terrific. Um, it's just a beautiful day out here, and it's uh, been fun talking with you. And uh, honestly, you've educated me a bit about Wolf and makes me want to go back to his writings. Well, I appreciate <laughs> Maybe I'll finish that book. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, as we like to, as I said earlier, you know, you can turn to a page, and I read Wolf as a, for his poetry oh, mm -hmm. rather than as a novelist. And uh, we, that's a whole dialogue for academia, you know, mm -hmm. because if you talk to quite a few academic people, they will use Wolf sometimes as a bad example of writing, ah. which says to me that they totally miss his brilliance. Mm -hmm. And he truly was a brilliant writer. And there's the, the great movie, The Genius. Geniuses, uh, I suggest anyone look at that book because that's his relationship to his editor Perkins, Maxwell mm -hmm. Perkins. But Wolf would write, and he was very tall, so he would write and put his papers on top of a refrigerator, but he would write thousands of pages. And uh, Maxwell Perkins really edited him, and, and that's how Wolf became famous. He left mm -hmm. the University of North Carolina. He went down there when he was 14 or 15. He was a brilliant student, quite a character, very popular. Then he went up and studied drama at Harvard, and he tried playwriting, but that was never his forte. His, his, his forte was what he wrote and ended up being well known for. He also has some great short stories. And he also, one of his short stories, you know, he, he is very popular in Germany, but he was despised by Hitler because he, in one of his short stories, he warned people at that time that Hitler was because he had been on a train and he, he went to Germany a lot. So he warned us about Hitler in a short story. And Hitler, of course, uh, they banned his books and so on. But if you go to Germany now, Wolf is very popular. Well, listen, we're going to play some music here, and I'm going to let these folks go today. And thank you so much for being on the show. And we're going to listen, folks, I'm going to read you some Thomas Wolf, and then we're going to have some more fun with some music. So uh, thanks for listening. Thank you. Folks, you've been listening to Poets and Writers uh, over there in Asheville, North Carolina, at the Thomas Wolf Grave uh, site there. And I just thoroughly enjoyed a couple from South Carolina I just happened to walk up there and they were getting out of their car and they were looking at Thomas Wolfe's uh, tombstone. And so they looked at me and they said, uh, sir, do you come here often? And I said, yes, I do. I try to get here at least once every two months. And they said, well, could you tell us a little bit about Thomas Wolfe? And I thought, wow, lucky me to be asked about Thomas Wolfe. So as I told them, going to share a few lines of Thomas Wolfe today and sitting I'm now back here in the studio with Ivy Shepherd our great producer and just just an outstanding person loves Thomas Wolfe so we just have a good time talking about him so let's go with uh, let me read a little bit of Wolfe to you since we've been over there at his gravesite and this is from uh, you can't go home again child child have patience and belief for life is many days and each present hour will pass away Son, son, you have been mad and drunken, furious and wild, filled with hatred and despair and all the dark confusions of the soul. But so have we. You found the earth too great for your one life. You found your brain and your sinew smaller than the hunger and desire that fed on them. But it has been this way with all men. 
You have stumbled in darkness. You have been pulled in opposite directions. You have faltered. You have missed the way. But, child, this is the chronicle of the earth. And now, because you have known madness and despair, you will grow desperate again before you come to evening. We who have stormed the ramparts of the furious earth and been hurled back, we who have been maddened by the unknowable and bitter mystery of love, we who have hungered after fame and severed all of life, the tumult, pain, and frenzy, and now sit quietly by our windows, watching all that henceforth nevermore shall touch us. We call upon you to take heart, for we can swear to you that these things pass. That's from Thomas Wolfe, You Can't Go Home Again. I have a number of passages here to share with Ivy Shepherd this morning, and this one is called, well, this one is, this is just, I'm going to give you several great quotes of his from Goodreads. And honestly, you know, I'm a geezer with an iPhone now, so I have many books by Thomas Wolfe, but I've been on the road, so I'm not reading from his books. I'm actually reading from my iPhone and the Goodreads. So if you just Google Thomas Wolfe Goodreads, these quotes will come up. The whole conviction of my life now rests upon the belief that loneliness, far from being a rare and curious phenomenon, is the central and inevitable fact of human existence. So perhaps some of you have been a little lonely out there during Christmas. I think all of us have. And during this time of COVID. So it helps me sometimes to remember Wolf and to think of Wolf in his quote on loneliness. Now here's another quote for you by Thomas Wolf. My dear, dear girl, we can't turn the back the days that have gone. We can't turn life back to the hours when our lungs were sound, our blood hot, our bodies young. We are a flash of fire, a brain, a heart, a spirit, and we are three cents worth of lime and iron which we cannot get back. That's from Thomas Wolfe, Look Homeward, Angel. That's one of my favorite books. People will ask me the books that I like, and and I like Look Homeward, Angel, and also Angel, and I like uh, his, uh, he really has some great, great quotes in there about Ben. And Ben, of course, was his brother, and he called him Ben Gant uh, in Look Homeward, Angel. And the scene there in the old Kentucky home, the boarding house where he grew up, and Ben meant so much to him. And so he, if you, you go to the house and you visit the Thomas Wolfe home in Asheville, they will talk to you about Ben, and perhaps you'll be lucky, and they will read some of the quotes, and that passage is considered one of the most beautiful in literature. Here's another quote for you from Look Homeward Angel. The old hunger for voyages fed at his heart, to go alone into strange cities, to meet strange people, and to pass again before they could know him, to wander, like his own legend, across the earth. It seemed to him there could be no better thing than that. Thomas Wolfe. Look homeward, angel. Another quote here, and last one I'll read to you today, and it's from You Can't Go Home Again. And of course, as I told you on the show today, talking with a couple from South Carolina, about how Wolf wrote um, Look Homeward, Angel, and he couldn't come back for about seven years. But here, Wolf was also a rambler, and he was a great influence on Jack Kerouac. And if you ever read Jack Kerouac and On the Road, you, you will see Wolf's influence. So, Here's another quote from Goodreads. Perhaps this is our strange and hunting paradox here in America, that we are fixed and certain only when we are in movement, 
At any rate, that is how it seemed to young George Weber, who was never so assured of his purpose as when he was going somewhere on a train, and he never had the sense of home so much as when he felt that he was going there. It was only when he got there that his homelessness began. Thomas Wolfe, you can't go home again. I want to thank you for listening to those passages today, and thank you for listening here on WEHC 90.7, and thank Ivy Shepherd for all her work. Now I'm going to go with some Leonard Cohen. It occurred to me that Leonard Cohen and Thomas Wolfe might get along real well, and wherever they are up there in the great beyond, I'd say they might be sitting around having a beer. And we're going to go with, well, I thought about closing time, but I think Tower of Power would be a good one. So, Ivy, if we could put that one on. And this is Henry McCarthy saying thanks for listening, and do not wait up for me. I'm going out to write a poem and watch the children play. Well, my friends are gone. And my hair is gray I ache in the places where I used to play And I'm crazy for love But I'm not coming on I'm just paying my rent every day In the Tower of Song I said to Hank Williams, how lonely does it get? Hank Williams hasn't answered yet, but I hear him coughing all night long. Oh, a hundred floors above me in the Tower of Song.